Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm Pam Larickia, longtime unschooling mom and author. Join me and my wonderful guests for interviews, information, and inspiration about unschooling and living joyfully with your family. You can find the episode show notes, your free introductory ebook, What is Unschooling?, and lots more information at livingjoyfully.ca. And here's the show. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 162 of the podcast. It's the 6th of February, 2019, as I record this intro. My guest this week is Alexandra Peace. Alex has been one of my inspirations over the years. She has three adult children, and I was thrilled when she agreed to come on the podcast to talk about her family's unschooling experiences. We dive into what she found to be the most challenging aspect of de-schooling, building trust, stretching comfort zones, how her relationships with her kids have changed now that they're adults, and so much more. And just a heads up, next week on the podcast, I have a growing up unschooling conversation with one of Alex's daughters. I thought it would be really fun to bring together the two different perspectives, so I hope you enjoyed the combo. As a personal update, this week I'm having fun working on my book and going through your feedback. Last week I mentioned that I was thinking of recording some shorter videos so that anytime you're looking for information about a specific topic or even inspiration, you could pick one up and immediately dive in. So the idea is to go deeper than a blog post or a podcast conversation, but to keep the topic specific enough that it doesn't warrant writing a whole book, you know, because I'm already working on one of those. (laughs) So I asked what you would find helpful right now as you navigate your unschooling journey, and I put up a form at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash help where you can share your thoughts and ideas. I'm leaving it up for a few more days, so until Monday, February 11th. And the link is in the show notes as well. Also, I'm not sure if you can tell through my voice, uh, but I'm pretty sure my body's busy fighting whatever virus it is that Lizzie and Joseph have had this past week or so. And I was doing so well. So I'm doing all the extra immune system boosting and getting lots of sleep. My throat will definitely need some recovery time, though, before I can record the next audiobook. <laughs> And I also want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support my unschooling work like this podcast and my website through Patreon. And a big welcome to new patron, Amy Cullen. Hi, Amy. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Their generous support is vital to helping me freely share information and inspiration with anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now let's dive into my conversation with Alex. Welcome, I'm Pam Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Alex Peace. Hi, Alex. Hi. Hi. I have known Alex for many, 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 shall I say, years (laughs) online, and eventually we met face-to-face a few times now. She has been one of my inspirations over the years. 
She has three adult children, and I'm so excited that she agreed to come on the podcast to talk about her family's unschooling experiences. So to get us started, Alex, can you share with us a bit about you and your family and what your kids are up to nowadays? Sure. Um, I have daughters, and um, they are uh, 26, 24, and almost 22. And uh, my oldest daughter um, is doing a master's at, in community development at the moment. On um, uh, she did a, she got her undergrad in biology, and so now she's um, looking at the social license of tidal energy. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty fun, pretty interesting. <laughs> um, uh, my middle daughter traveled a lot and farmed. Um, at, for quite a number of years, and now she's settled into second year university at um, doing a, a, an undergrad science degree in sustainable agriculture, and that's uh, lots of fun. She's gonna. She wants to be a farmer. Thank goodness, <laughs> somebody to feed us. <laughs> and uh, my youngest daughter is a dancer. And uh, she has been in school, took this past year off, thinking about going back to school, um, getting some work as a dancer. And um, she's heading off to Mexico in a week uh, for some Spanish lessons, downtime, time to explore herself in Mexico. And so uh, she's, I'm, I get to go and visit her. I love it having kids that travel and who still want me to travel with them. So that's lots of fun. Uh, Peter is still working full time, playing lots of music. I actually don't even know how many bands he's a part of anymore. Um, uh, this, this holiday, he built a still for uh, one of the girls because of, um, not for alcohol, for uh, essential oils. So he's, you know, He's having lots of fun with that kinds of thing. And uh, sailing in the summer. I am working, 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 working lots. Having fun doing that? And that's, I think, having fun doing that. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it, I guess. They were all, uh, the two, uh, everybody was home over the holidays. Um, Caitlin lives in town, so she doesn't come and stay for extended periods. But usually over the holidays, she does come for a few days so that she can uh, hang out in the early mornings and late nights as well. So, and everybody's in the house at the moment. <laughs> so, and, and there's an extra dog. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. yeah. Yeah. I mentioned earlier, we're, we're at three dogs right now too. So it'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have, we, I have two dogs and my daughter uh, has a dog that she brings home when she comes. And um, I also get to puppy sit him uh, every third weekend. So that's lots of fun. So my dogs are sort of learning how to be young again and not entirely sure if they're thrilled with the process. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) So can you tell us how you discovered unschooling and what your family's move to unschooling looked like? Well, I guess my earliest um, exposure to the idea was at La Leche League um, so many, so many years ago, 26 years ago. There were people in a group, uh, and I think for most people, La Leche League, you go for five, four, five times, sort of a series of um, 
I went for five years. I don't know why. But it became, and I didn't even have any trouble breastfeeding, but it became, it, 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 you know, it also became a support group. And there were, yeah. there were people there who were homeschooling. So I was um, exposed uh, pretty early in my kids' uh, lives to the idea. And um, it wasn't, wasn't really hard for me to think about. It was, um, I was thrilled to see that there were options. I didn't have a particularly good time at school myself. So when I realized, oh, there's options for my kids, I'm not going to have to do this, um, you know, send them off to school. I, I was pretty interested. But when it came time for, um, you know, sort of when Kayla was, I don't know, maybe four or something, and people were starting to talk about school for her, we, uh, Peter and I did a lot of research in into what was available in the area we researched Montessori and Waldorf and um, and that kind of thing and we read and read and read and uh, in the end we decided to give homeschooling a try I don't I don't remember when the separate concept of unschooling came up to us uh, probably once we decided and, and you know had did the research at around when when Caitlin was three or four it would have come it would have arisen and and then once we decided to do it, I was on all those lists. And I, I was writing this down, and I couldn't remember. What was that original list that <clears throat> Sandra and Anne and Joyce and you and Amy, and there's like, it was before Shine. And I can't remember the name of the list. Anyway, well, there was, was a big the, the board, the unschooling.com forum. That was it, but it, there was another one before that even. Ooh. I can't. See, that yeah, was I don't before remember. my time even because my oldest is 26 too, but he was in school for a while before I discovered unschooling, so you found it even earlier. <laughs> and uh, I remember, what? do you remember the conference in Peabody, Massachusetts? Did yes. you go to that one? Yes, that was a live yeah. and learn. Live and learn, yeah, yeah. And um, anyway, so so we read, we read, you know, so much. We read John Holt and and all the information we could get about learning about um, homeschooling, about unschooling, and then of course, once Anne started Shine with unschooling, we were we were there right from the beginning. Um, went to conferences, came to your conferences, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I guess that's how we that's so how we got in there. Went yeah. to school. You guys just kind of like just kept going when they all hit school age? Is that kind of how it went? Yeah, they all, um, uh, Caitlin did end up going to school uh, midway through high school. Mm -hmm. uh, so she went for halfway through grade 11 and grade 12. So she got a year and a half of high school. And uh, Adrian went halfway through grade 10. Uh, but because Caitlin had went at, at, that stage, she didn't have enough credits to graduate, but she got all the courses that she wanted to to get into the program she wanted to get into. So, um, so even though she didn't graduate, she went straight on to university into science. Um, when Adrian went, uh, it was really still, I still can't actually believe this. It was quite amazing. They said, oh, well, do you want to graduate or do you want to do this Caitlin style? And Adrian was like, yeah, I don't care about graduating. Like, so, so that whole apparatus that normally comes down that says, you know, you must take X number of Englishes and maths and you must do all of this stuff, it simply wasn't there. She went and took um, her first semester in grade 10. She took um, 
grade 12 food science, grade 11 oceans, grade 11 art, grade 11 drama. She basically took whatever she wanted. She wanted. <laughs> yeah. So in the end, um, in the end, she did end up graduating because somewhere along the way, she decided she did want some basic English and math. And by the time she finished doing that, she had all the courses. Um, Nickel, uh, and she graduated and then promptly uh, didn't go to school then for another five years or something. She traveled and worked and traveled and worked and traveled. So she's traveled all over the world. Um, and then uh, Nicole um, was dancing early. And she, by the time, um, you know, by the time she might have thought like the other girls did, oh, do I want to go? She would have had to give up a lot. She was already driving into Halifax, um, you know, four times a week and coming home at 11 or 12 at night after classes. So she would have really had to give up a lot to go to school. And uh, it just didn't fit. There was no, didn't fit. Yeah. So, so yeah. And then, so her first day of school was at university. <laughs> That's always an adventure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love how it's, how unique it was for each one of them, right? It was just yeah. them pursuing what they were interested in, what they wanted to do, what they wanted to try out, what they wanted to play around with, and just like making it work for them however they wanted. I love that. That was beautiful. I actually, I really, that's one of the things I love about my kids. They're, 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 they're unique amongst they're they're really quite different the three of them and they they all follow their their own path really distinctly and yet they're all really close Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no that's something that that I've noticed as well right that's just when they can pursue you know what they're interested in and and they're supported and and encouraged it's Mm -hmm. amazing how different they all are right Mm -hmm. yeah exactly (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but again, exactly. yeah, they're they're also connected. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Okay, so what did you find to be the most challenging aspect of de-schooling those first few years as you moved into it? Anything? Well, I honestly we did, neither of us I mean certainly the kids didn't have to de-school because yeah. they weren't in school or in daycare or in any of that sort of institutionalized kind of setting and Peter and I didn't really have to do an awful lot um, because well certainly I, I, I like I said I didn't particularly have a good time in school so I, I was thrilled that there was options um, I think probably I don't think it was a huge challenge, but I think there were bits, like I think at the beginning we sort of did, you know, we might've flirted with uh, workbooks and we flirted with unit studies and, you know, that kind of stuff. And didn't. They didn't fit. <laughs> didn't fit. Yeah. So, but I, it wasn't really hard. And also, it was kind of funny. This, we live in an area. We live in rural, rural Nova Scotia, but it's really quite well supported. When when my kids were young, and we'd be on a lineup at the grocery store, and somebody would say, "Oh, you know, no school today," and I'd say, "Oh, no, we homeschool." Nine times out of ten, people would say, "Oh, yeah, my cousin does that. Oh, yeah, my neighbor does that." So, it it wasn't really, um, you know, it wasn't hard to do in our area. Oh, that's really, 
Really cool. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of the reasons why I had never even heard of it until they were, you know, certainly my eldest two were full-time in school. Yeah, because, and when I mention it, that we were, our whole community, everybody that I knew, family, friends, everyone, and in the area, you know, thought it was illegal. <laughs> yeah. Because, what do you mean you can do that? <laughs> so I love that. That's great. So what about yeah. your husband's journey? You know, was this kind of a new, you said it wasn't so, but such a big deal. He He's a university professor, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think school had not worked out all that well for him um, in the, you know, early years, primary and secondary. So again, when we discovered it, it was like, oh, great, we have options. Let's try it and see. And, you know, once you, I, I found anyway, that once I mean, once you see the kids, if you're really paying attention to the kids mm-hmm. and you see them learning, it's so exciting. You think, give this up? Really? Do we have to? You know? <laughs> so I think it was, I, I think it, it was easy for Peter to, to uh, and, you know, I would do an incredible amount of research and I would talk to Peter about it and, um, which was slightly annoying because when, when sort of things were not going particularly well and, you know, I'm in the middle of trying to figure out and he would sort of bring back one of these things that I had read and, and, and you know, he'd say, now what about this? And I'm like, really now? <laughs> <laughs> so he was always very good. He was, um, he was, he was, he was in pretty, you know, pretty early on. Oh, that's very cool. And I think that is uh, for me, that was that was a huge piece that you mentioned paying attention to the kids and seeing it in action. Because I think for a lot of people, that is um, the big piece, right? Is is realizing all the learning that happens that doesn't look like school. Yeah. Right? When we think yeah. that's what learning is going to look like and we go, oh, hey, we have options. And then you pay attention and you look and then you see it everywhere, don't you? Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Um, so next question, when it comes to unschooling, trust plays a really big role. That's usually kind of the next step, right? As you're, you're first, you're looking for the learning because that's the important piece because, you know, that's what you think you're replacing because you're not going to school. Um, and then you get comfortable Uh with that piece and then trust becomes a much bigger thing in your lives as you dive deeper. So I was wondering how you develop that deeper level of trust with your children? Well, I think this was one of the questions I was stymied by because really it's, it's just part of developing a relationship with them as people that it, that it, that's not, that's, it's not a separate thing. You know, it's, it's just, it's just part of developing the relationship and, and talking and, listening and thinking and facilitating and just being with your kids, you know? It's like, um, it, it, like you said, that trust comes because you know your children, right? Mm -hmm. Even Mm -hmm. as they're all different, as they're completely individual, but when you're actually in really, it comes, you know what? I think when your relationship becomes two people versus, Mm -hmm parent child you know Mm -hmm. when you move from that Mm -hmm. control adult child relationship to that connected Mm -hmm. person to person of different ages relationship Mm -hmm. you do get to know each other so well and then 
so much of what they do isn't a surprise anymore. It isn't completely unexpected Mm -hmm. where you have to worry about, well, I need to trust this because Mm -hmm. I completely don't understand it. And then, Mm -hmm. and and then when you start relying on that, sometimes you, you, the tendency is to step back. Right. And then, then you're even less Mm -hmm. connected and then Mm -hmm. it becomes, it spirals into a bigger and bigger deal. Right. And in fact, I always found when I was having, when I had those more freak out moments, like you were yes. talking about earlier, yeah. it yes. was because I was less connected. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing that is that when, uh, I don't know why, but you're, when things aren't working out, often you step back. Like it's like, oh, this is unpleasant. I, I'm going away from this. Yeah. And my experience was always no I have to go in. I have to spend more time. And, and I have to find ways to spend time uh, in unthreatening ways. Like, not like, okay, I'm coming into your life now, you know, like, um, but like, hey, let's go for lunch or, you know, hey, let's go to the beach. And just to spend more time, even though it's uncomfortable, to, mm-hmm. because then that, that takes you back to that place of, okay, we can talk about this. Let's figure it out together kind of place. That is such a great point because, you know, if there's this one thing over here that you're really uncomfortable with and you don't quite understand yet, you're right. You want to get closer. You want to remember to lean into it, but you don't have to jump into that mess right there, right? Because because you're still that deer in the headlights coming at it sideways by, you know, focusing on the things that you enjoy doing together, you know, yeah, sitting, watching movies, going to movies, going out to lunch, you know, yeah. just um, <clears throat> getting back into all those good pieces increases your connection. And then it, it's so amazing, though, isn't it? You know, this jumble over here, a little thread shows up and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. that makes a little bit more. Like you don't ever sometimes you never have to actually talk about this, do you? Right. Because. I, it comes to make sense to you oh, right. yeah, just yeah. because you connected. Like, it's not that you don't want to understand it. It's not that you ignore it. That's not what I meant. I meant that I have all the revelations and I come to understand it by having, you know, hung out with them here, 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 here. And all those little pieces yeah. just naturally come up rather than saying we need to confront this and we need to figure this out. Right. Yeah, I do tend to need the the discussion, but uh, I'm, I guess I'm not as good at the, at the insights just coming to me. I do I do tend to need the discussion, but definitely not in any. But it the discussion has to come later when your connection is back. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You have to make you have to make the connection um, stronger again before you tackle uh, anything that's tricky. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that's a good point. It's not that, like, like I said, it's not that you ignore it, but it comes up in different ways rather than always needing to, to jump into a head on. Okay. So that leads nicely to the next question. Was there a time when one of your kids' interests really stretched your comfort zone? And I was wondering how you moved through that. <clears throat> well, I don't know. This is what came up for me. It's not exactly an interest, but... Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of my kids read very late, and so it was something that really stretched me mm-hmm. as an unschooling parent. Um, for a while, I, I, I sort of did a lot of reading about, um, you know, 
reading difficulties, is partic- particularly online, hearing other parents' anecdotes. And then, uh, and then at some point, there were two things happened. Mm-hmm. Um, one was that I was flipping through a book about dyslexia or something, and it was an academic book. It was, you know, studies of various things, and I sort of went straight to the, you know, what's the biggest problem? And uh, it said, I, um, the, the biggest problem is how people feel about uh, their reading issues. It can become a, an emotional problem. And I was like, right, so, okay, we don't have to go there. That's, easy. <laughs> That's under control. And the second thing that happened is uh, at one point I said to one of my kids something like, uh, it doesn't look like you're learning to read like I learned how to read, but I'm sure there's lots of other people that are learning to read how you do. Do you want me to ask, you know, some of the folk online and get you some hints? And she said, no, it'll be fine. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out when I need to. And I went, right. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> So I then pretty purposefully didn't did not look any further into reading difficulties. I worked really hard at creating an atmosphere of, well, this is the way it is and you need me to read to you, so that's the way it is. We're going to read to you. We're going to read for you and maintaining that this is just your way. Normal. Yeah. This is yeah. And um so it became, it was kind of cute. Like if we were out with a, a big group of homeschooling kids and people, everybody just read out loud, like any of the things, you know, it, it was, it just wasn't a big deal in our group. Um, and, and, but I did have to kind of really, um, there was some, there was some issue with some family members. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just really set up some, some boundaries like, okay, um, and I, I, what I felt like was I kept the world at bay until they learned to read on their own. And uh, so that, that was, I think, yeah, yeah, that was one so of the things that I felt that good about. Buffer, you kept that. Yeah. yeah Buffer is probably the best word for it, right? You kept yeah. them in yeah. situations where it wasn't a big deal and where yeah. it would have been a big deal. Like back to that research where the emotional piece is like the hardest piece. Um, yeah. Feeling bad about yourself. Yeah. So that's what you you took that and focused on that and made just didn't go into those situations, right? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, and and the other the the byproduct of it was that um, I got to read to my kids for years. Yeah. Which is fabulous. <laughs> so we read a lot of books out loud. So that was fun. That's awesome. What surprised you most about how unschooling unfolded in your lives? Well, I think two things. One is how bonded my kids became. And I think it surprised me because <clears throat> I have uh, I don't have great uh, family relationships. So when the, my kids were born, I was like, I really want my kids to be close. And I was like, I was like, kind of trying to make it happen, you know. And it really wasn't happening. It <laughs> so wasn't happening. And <clears throat> so eventually, I learned. I'm slow, but I did learn <laughs> I, um, that really, it's none of my business. What my baggage about my relationships has nothing to do with my kids and my kids are you know I just had to leave them be and and let them have their own relationships and um 
So I didn't have high expectations <laughs> on, on what would happen because A, I'd mucked about and B, then, you know, who knows what was going to happen. I, like I said, I didn't have good experiences myself. So when they eventually, and they did eventually become very close, um, I was, I was A, surprised and B, thrilled mm-hmm. that they, that, that uh, you know, they had come to it on their own. Yeah, I no. wasn't surprised they'd come to it on. I was thrilled they'd come to it on their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was something. That was a big revelation for me too. Actually, because I ended up writing a talk about that, and I called it a family of individuals. Because at first, you want you know you have this this dream of this close knit family and everything. Yeah, and yeah. and so you try to pursue that. But when you try to put that on other people, you're actually making it all worse. <laughs> worse. Much worse. Much worse. Yeah. 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 And so when I found, when I ended up, like you did, it's like, okay, that's, that's my dream. Those are my thoughts. And, yeah. and I'm putting all those expectations out there and you can see the, the negative reactions. Then when I, you know, stepped away from that and just started treating them as the individuals they are, the different individuals they are, then all of a sudden, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't about um, them against each other or, or having to push against or anything. Like everybody was getting all the support and the attention that they wanted. Right. I remember, I remember you had (laughs) edited that or something at that point when I said, you know, sometimes one wants more money, some needs more money to pursue their interests. And, Sometimes, you know, they want more of your time. So it's differing things that you're doing for each child, but it's all fair because it's meeting their needs, right? So for each one of them, it's meeting their needs. I remember. (laughs) And then I think you, I replied at one point, what if it's one child who needs all those things at once or something? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) And that's totally Um, good too. It is. It's the way it is. So the other thing that was surprising for me um, was how much fun it was and, and what, it, what it did for me. I mean, when I was growing up, I lived in a house that uh, I had um, older parents and I, my, all my brothers and sisters were gone. So I sort of lived by my, you know, without siblings much. And um, they, my parents were British. So, you know, quite... Um, well, it was a certain lifestyle. And, and, and so when my, like, I don't even remember having crayons. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, maybe I did. But so <laughs> with my kids, I'm, I bought art supplies and I got to do all the fun art things as well, you know, and, and taking them to museums and art galleries and beaches and traveling with them and experimenting with them and reading to them and dancing with them. Like, those were all new experiences for me. So it was so much fun. And that's, that, I found that kind of, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> I didn't go in it for the fun, but boy, it was fun. <laughs> oh, I love that piece. I love that piece because it, it's so true, right? We get to, I, re, I remember that first year, it was a lot of releasing, you know, my view of what an adult should do and how an yes. adult should act and realize I can just be a person and I can actually sit on the floor and play with them and have fun <laughs> with it, right? And bring in all sorts of things that I think would be fun, right? Yeah. Whether they join yeah. me or not, we're all like yeah. side by side playing, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. So as your children um, got older and needed less of your hands-on involvement, um, you began a career as an editor. And in fact, you have edited all my books and it has been a wonderful experience working with you. <laughs> so I was very curious how that interest developed and how I thought we'd talk about how we wove that into our unschooling days when we first started <laughs> working together. I, I know. I was thinking about that and Oh my God, that was amazing. So it started, um, I guess I was looking, uh, you know, when uh, my youngest started to be a teenager and, you know, I, I could sort of start to see, all right, there's, you know, there's, there's going to come a time where, I'm, so I wanted something that paid. I wanted something that I liked. I wanted something that I could do from home because I couldn't imagine after living in the country for 18 years, working in an office that was gray and no windows. Yeah. So I wanted to work from home. But I also, because uh, Peter can travel sometimes, I wanted it to be portable. So I sort of, I had all these kind of criteria. I don't know if I was able to delineate them, but those were, they were definitely floating around mm -hmm. in there. Yep. <clears throat> and then I was at a knitting group and, um, and a, a friend at knitting group said something about being an editor. And I was like, what? You've got a math degree. How can you be an editor? And she's like, you, you go take courses. What's the matter with you? And I was like, oh. And my whole, like, my brain just exploded because I guess I'd always loved words, but I always thought you had to have a PhD in English, and I'd never taken an English course, you know? So uh, I was like, what? So I ran home, looked at the editing courses, and I cannot, I, I don't know if anybody would understand how much joy there was in my life when I could see that I could take a grammar course. It was like, oh, wow. So uh, anyway, so I started, I, I, so I looked at, there's lots of online courses. So I started taking um, courses at Ryerson online. There's a, uh, there's a uh, post, uh, post undergrad certificate. So you have to have an undergrad degree and then you can do a, a, a publishing certificate. And there's, I think you have to take eight courses or something. And then, uh, and there's two that you have to take, and then you can take a bunch of electives. And the two that you have to take looked a bit boring. They were kind of surveying, you know, publishing in Canada. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. So um, I started, I dived right into copy editing. I thought, well, I, I want to see. Maybe it's not for me, you know? So I'm taking copy editing right away, and, and then I'll know. And if I have to take the boring survey courses, I will later. So I took the copy editing course and, but we were still pretty involved in the homeschool unschooling community. And so when, so I remember you were like, yeah, so I'm writing a book. And I was like, wow. So I remember writing to you and saying, Hey, you're writing a book. I just finished. Do you need an editor? I just finished a course. And you're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> it was so fun. Like it was just like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, let's we were, figure this out together, basically. Let's figure this out together, yeah. And it was so fantastic. I cannot tell you how amazing that was for me. It really started me off. I'd taken the copy editing course, and you gave me the experience, right? Then I could start when, when other jobs came up. I could say, yes, I, yes, I am a copy editor, <laughs> as opposed to have just taken a course. You know? So, um yeah, so I took copy editing uh, course, and then I continued on and took proofreading, indexing, uh, mm, structural editing, children's editing. I mm, <laughs> did you take those I don't two boring remember. courses eventually? In the end, in the end, I took. Uh, I had everything, so I, I just kept taking the course and thinking, well, I don't even know if I need 
the certificate, but yeah, I'll, I'll just keep taking. So I finished all of the courses and all I had to do was the two boring courses. And I thought, wow, what the hell? So I took them and they were so, I so didn't enjoy them. I I was right. (laughs) I did not enjoy them. (laughs) One was on, one was on the education, uh, the education um, publishing section of uh, Canada. And let me tell you, that class got an earful. <laughs> I had a lot to say about <laughs> editing textbooks <laughs> and how the publishing, how the education uh, uh, sector works. <clears throat> I had a lot to say. There was a. I remember one time I was I was at a conference and trying to do a, a paper for the course, and my roommate at the conference. I was like, "What? No! This is so wrong!" <laughs> I was yelling at the computer as I was f- finishing my paper. Anyway, I did. I got. I did do that course, and then I did this sort of general publishing. In uh, it was okay. Whatever. I got the certificate. <laughs> I don't know if the certificate is. Um, done anything for me because I, um, you know, I just got more and more work as I was going along and I'm now working full time mm-hmm. as a, as an editor, proofreader, indexer. I, indexing has really taken off. I do more indexing than editing now. Um, although <clears throat> I was looking at my stats this year, it was about 60, 40 for indexing to editing and but the year before, it was actually more. It was like 65, 35. So I did more, more editing this year. Um, but uh, I do a bit of proofreading. I like it, but it doesn't come my way as often. Um, I do a little bit of fact-checking. Um, and it's a blast. Yeah. It is so much fun. Because essentially, I love learning. Really, what is what it comes down to. So I'm learning the content of the books that I read. I'm learning uh, the software that I use, how to be efficient. I'm learning how to be a small business owner. I'm learning all the, um, yeah, I'm just kind of learning all the time. So it's always learning. Yeah. Yeah. Learning how to be better at my, at my craft, uh, you know, taking professional development courses and webinars and things. So I'm kind of learning all the time. Lots of fun. So amazing. It's been so fun to watch you. And I wanted to just mention to people like that first book that we did because. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because we um, like our youngest were both in their teens and stuff, but we were still like full on unschooling with our kids. Right. And you got to this first. This is free to learn that we're talking about. And it's not a long book. It's it's very meaty, I will say, you know, there isn't a wasted word in there. I don't think. <laughs> no, but no. it took us forever, didn't but it? But exactly. That's what I wanted to let people know because that's one of the things I love working with unschooling parents. And I do it with uh, transcribing the podcast, et cetera. Um, but our families were always the number one thing, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You would send something in and I would say, sorry, we've got a, you know, um, um, you know, something coming Whatever. up. I won't yeah. be able to work on it, you know, for a while. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you were like, sure. Yeah, no and problem. and sometimes it would be like a month or two, right? I mean, that's why it took yeah. like a, a year to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you how grateful I am. I am, I am, will, I am forever grateful. I will forever be grateful to you for that experience. And it was quite funny actually, because <clears throat> at some point, you know, you, you talk to lots of editors and. And, and so I was in a group somewhere and somebody said, oh my God, you know, 
who it, wouldn't it be lovely to have a dream client you know somebody who lets you take as long as you need somebody who pays you right away somebody who answers all your queries what that you put in the and questions and I was like tick 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 in fact I do have the dream client <laughs> not all like like Pam. I thought this is how it goes. <laughs> I thought this is how it goes. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, my no, god, that was spectacular. It it was just so lovely to have like it was really important to me that you were an unschooling mom because then, you know, the feedback that I was getting not only was it, you know, fixing all my grammar. <laughs> But it was great questions. Like, I'm not sure what you're saying. I don't think you're getting your point across here. You want to add something to this or this is getting repetitive or whatever. You could also yeah. add value that way. So it was, yeah. it was for me too, an amazing experience on, on my side. So thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, question nine of our 10 questions. Ooh, and I think we might have touched on this, but let's dive in, see if you've got more to add. Now that your children are all young adults, in what ways are your relationships the same and in what ways are they different? Well, that's a, another hard question. They're relationships, right? So they change and develop all the time. All the time. You know, the, the, the ebb and flow is to how the relationship goes. It just, it changes with each person. It changes with different circumstances. I, I couldn't answer I couldn't sort of encapsulate that really. I, mm -hmm. One of the things that I really, excuse me, love is when my kids start travel, started traveling. That was a big bonus for me and said, why don't you come mom? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. You've um, traveled think, some places over the years, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. I think the thing I think the thing, and I don't know if you're experiencing this, and it and it's going to sound sad, but it's not really, is that, you know, when they're really little, you're doing most of the leading. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, as things change, it becomes much more equal. They're saying, I want to learn about this, and you're following them, and it's back and forth. And then you say, oh, what about this? And they say, oh, sure. And, you know, there's sort of a, you know, a back and forth. But I find these days, I think I'm starting into the third phase where, well, then there was a, where they're leading all the time. But um, I think now I'm into the phase where, and I don't know how to say this without it being negative, but it's really just the way it is, is that they're, they're, they're not leading me. They're off. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they're, I'm, mm, the, the phrase that I, I'm looking for, and you, you can edit this out if it doesn't matter what you want, but the phrase I'm, that comes to me is that I'm being left behind. And that sounds negative, but it's, I don't, I think it just really means that, that, you know, that, um, that the relationship is different again. And that it's not that it's not that they e they don't really need me to be even as much a part, right? They're they're, they're letting me know their lives now 
that we don't know a lot about. And we don't. Yeah, they, they let that sit. And we don't need to. That's right. They, yeah, it's not yeah. like they're saying, I want to do this, help me do this. They're saying, I did this. Mom, I'm letting you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just so you know. And so it's more like, you know, it's, yeah. So I guess that's, I think that's, I can see that coming more and more and more. Yeah, no. Yeah. And you're right. I, yeah, it's absolutely not a negative thing. It's, yeah. you know, it's still, it's still dancing with them, the relationship, the back and forth, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. everything. But, but yeah, it's, you don't, here, we're both stumbling on it. We're not um, needed as much, but yeah, yeah it, it's just a natural progression of the relationship and, and them. Yeah just being more and more centered in themselves. Yeah. And, yeah. and us being, you know, I mean, even two of my kids still live here, but I still see that. It's not even, I, I think it's a, a part of, of growing up and being adults and everything and, and being adult, adulting their own lives, right? <laughs> doesn't yeah. matter literally where they're living or anything. That's just no. another transition. And it doesn't mean you're yeah. not, close and it doesn't mean you're not connected it's just a different way isn't it yeah exactly yeah Yeah. oh that's beautiful yeah no see you had a really good answer to that question (laughs) (laughs) okay looking back what for you has been the most valuable outcome from choosing unschooling outcome well I missed that word (laughs) (laughs) Well, the most valuable thing. All right, Uh, the most valuable thing I think, in retrospect, you know, everybody, when you first start, you're thinking about the schooling part of it, and gradually you abandon that, and then you just abandon thinking about what you're doing, and you just do it. And, but I think that for me, looking back, the thing that was the greatest was time. The kids had time to sleep in. They had time to make their own meals if they wanted. They had time to make decisions, even if it took us five hours and a family meeting and several bouts of tears. We had the time. Yeah. We had the time to <clears throat> negotiate how, who was going to do what and how. We had the time to go to the beach or not go to the beach. We had, they had time to develop relationships with me, with each other. And from that time... To do all of those things, everything else came. They had time to learn. They had time to be who they were and and not wait to become who they are. But, you know, they had time to, to do that all along. I to think so, yeah. Every moment, right? Every moment. To make mistakes, to have dreaming time. I've got a kid who needs, like, oodles of dreaming time. And... uh Time for that. Oh, that's spectacular. Thank you so much, Alex. That was that. I I love that piece because that, that, that's the essence of it, isn't it? Right. Time to live. Yeah. You know, free to live, just be ourselves and, and discover and, and discover how we connect with the people in our lives. Right. Yeah. And how we can be in relationship with the people in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. It was so fun. 
Yeah. It's always great to talk to you. Always, always, always. Always. And before we go, where's the best place for people to connect with you online? Give out your website. Uh, yes, my website is uh, alexandrapeace.com. Um, you can go and look there. I will now promptly have to go and update it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will know. I, <laughs> I haven't put much of many of my uh, uh, latest projects up there, but I will. I'll uh, I'll do so as soon as I can. <laughs> yeah, I have a website. Uh, I'm an editor. I'm a proofreader. Uh, I'm an indexer. I I edit um, nonfiction. I don't edit fiction, although I sometimes proofread fiction. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for asking. Thank you oh, very much for asking. Thank you so much for saying yes. It was so much fun. <laughs> have a great day, Alex. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to check out the second book in my Living Joyfully with Unschooling series, Free to Live, Create a Thriving Unschooling Home. In it, I dive into the four characteristics that I found helped unschooling flourish in our home. Curiosity, patience, strong relationships, and trust. One reviewer wrote, Really enjoyed this short and sweet book. It has marvelous one-liners, and though I'm not an underliner, I found myself underlining on every page. Another said, I believe it would benefit any homeschooler or parent to read this book as it re-emphasizes the importance of the relationship between a parent and a child in the learning process. I plan to reread this book. It is rich and full of gems. Give yourself some time to absorb it before rushing into unschooling. Until next time, have fun living and learning with your family.